I just started mine. Right now, in this moment, I started it. Started what? My audio recording. What? What's that? Are we supposed to record I this? I I don't know. I thought we were just like using our brain waves to communicate. Yeah, and then it magically appeared on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew. I'm Andrew. And I'm Kelly. How are you, Kelly? What's what's up today? How are you doing? I'm great. I have returned from the desert once again. Yeah. Um, and my allergies have really been bugging me. So that's kind of everything that's going on in my life right now. Are you allergic to sand, Kelly? I must be. That must be the culprit. Yeah. I, as, as a... As a medical expert, myself, uh, I would recommend you um, uh, just don't, just, you know, be careful. Right. Thanks. Oh, you're welcome. No, seriously, I feel like my medical advice really isn't, it should be utilized more. So maybe uh, we might want to push this in the medical podcast community as well. Right. That was great that you said that because I wouldn't have been careful right if you hadn't given me that advice yeah no i'm glad that this was this was good this was healthy this was smart yeah i agree (laughs) do you want to get us started on the on the on the not sand related news i do um you guys there's dragon age news today (gasps) actually (laughs) (laughs) um so dragon age 4 is only going to be on PS5, Series X, and PC. Um, it's not going to be on the PlayStation 4 or Xbox One. Um, I guess this news came from like a LinkedIn profile and uh, it was confirmed later by EA that they're only confirming it for current, genera- current gen systems. Um, this to me seems pretty obvious because we're probably not getting Dragon Age 4 until either 2022 or 2023 so i think it would be kind of ridiculous to have them on playstation 4 um but i guess it was good to clarify because inquisition was on playstation 3 as well as 4 so it's always good to clarify this stuff i guess i'm excited as somebody who's not a major dragon age fan this is still very exciting to hear because i don't know i think we've talked about it a lot on this show already like I think cross-gen versions are kind of a bad thing after the first year of a console's launch. Like, yes, you can sell to more people that way, but like, it also means you have to hold your game back a certain amount so that it can be on both consoles. And that's just not something that I think would benefit, especially a massive game like this. So even if it is coming like in the next year, there will be a lot of cross-gen games in 2022. So this was some it was like i feel like it was more of an on the fence thing but this confirming that it's on next gen only is just it it's very good it's a good thing to know yes i agree um how does it feel that you actually got dragon age news as small <laughs> as it may have been i'm not saying that it feels good because it kind of doesn't but <laughs> i am it's always good to know that there's still it's still happening. <laughs> That's the main thing. It's yeah. like confirmation of its existence. <laughs> right. And we got confirmation of, of its existence like back in 2017 and 2016. And that was a long time ago and then we got it again in 2018 and then 2019. So I am grateful to BioWare to, for always reminding us that they're still working on this game because he would f- well, totally forget otherwise right yeah I, I it would just totally slip my mind <laughs> well I can tell you somebody who would remind you that it's on its way G4 
Yes. So for those who don't know, G4 was a television station years ago, and its focus was primarily on video games. And it went away because there was very little market for it because, you know, video game news moved to the Internet and then social media came about and the video game news cycle became much faster and quicker to, like, receive news. Uh, But now G4 has been slowly making a return through other means like internet, social media stuff themselves. And now they're coming back to like regular old people TV in November. Old people TV meaning like Comcast and and Direct TV and Verizon Files. Yeah, Comcast. Oh, Uh, Xfinity. It's not called Comcast anymore. Yeah, that's really old people TV. Well, that's what I had growing up, and then they changed the name, and I'm like, you can't change the name. Sorry. It's too <laughs> I late. I had direct TV, and then I had Spectrum, so. Oh. And now I don't have it anymore, so. So, yeah, I mean. But who- I might. Go ahead. I was just going to make a joke. I was going to say I might get it back just for G4 <laughs> TV. Yeah, it's kind of like a, uh, it's good. I don't get it. I, it's why, like. It just People seems who like would want this aren't watching TV, I would assume. Yeah, it just seems like when I think of G4, I think of like Attack of the Show and I think of like Olivia Munn because she used to be on G4. Yeah, I don't think she's going to come back. I don't think she is. She's got a baby on the way. Um <laughs> Sorry, this is turning into celebrity gossip <laughs> podcast. What if Olivia Munn's baby was the new host of G4? That'd be crazy. I would believe in that baby's hosting powers because John Mulaney is its father. So it has Olivia Munn and John Mulaney in its blood. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's get that blood on television. Let oh, um. <laughs> That's a scary way to phrase that, but. Yeah, I'm not sure about that, but I, don't... I never watched D4. I don't know. I didn't really watch it. I... I didn't think it was. It was a lot of like, dude. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, I know, I know. Do you want to know how I, in what way I watched it? What way did you watch it? I had Comcast, as we discussed, which had (laughs) On Demand. And if you went to, like, the G4 section of On Demand, it just had video game trailers, so I could watch game trailers on the TV. Mm -hmm. That was it. That's all I ever used it for. Yeah. I used to have one of those movie channels on direct TV where you could just like watch movie trailers. And um, it was like a, it was like a show where they would like watch a trailer and then they would like discuss it. And I remember like really loving that. And you know what? I had it for so long. I remember seeing the original trailer for the witch, (laughs) like the Anya Taylor joy. Yeah. Roger, Roger, Robert Eggers movie. (laughs) Robert, Roger, Robert, Robert Rogers. Time with his name. And and I remember thinking like this movie's gonna be really scary and you know it was pretty spooky. But that's pretty anyway, recent. I know that's what I'm saying. It's like I feel like in my head this was so long ago. But that movie came out in like 2013, maybe 2014. Something so like that. It wasn't that long. I mean, I guess 2012 was nine years ago. But anyway. Um. Time isn't real. No. Except for when it delays your video game. <laughs> and then by you a month. It. And then time is very real. Um, so Elden Ring, which was originally supposed to come out on January 21st of 2022, has been delayed until February 25th, 2022. Ah. Um, <laughs> and it also will be getting a closed network test from November 12th through the 14th. Um which is like three weeks from now. Mm-hmm. Um, they said, and this was their reasoning on twitter.com. <laughs> the depth, this is a quote, uh-huh. quote, the depth and strategic freedom of the game exceeded initial expectations, end quote. Uh, I, that's a bullcrap quote. I mean, I'm fine with them delaying it a month, but saying like, oh, it exceeded our expectations. It's like, okay, if that was true, it'd be a lot more than a month and you know it. Yeah. And what's funny is like, I think most people's expectations for 
a new like uh, Souls game are already pretty high. So how does it exceed your expectations? Like you should have known exactly what you were getting into <laughs> when you created a whole new property, a Souls property. That's all I'm saying. So you're right. It is kind of a, a, a doofy excuse. It's probably just buggy, which is like fine. Yeah. It's, if they're spending a month polishing the bugs out, that's really nice and like good. Release the game finished. But what are you, uh, what are you talking about? Exceeding expectations. I know. And they said, you know, there's a closed network test, which I think is just fancy talk for beta. Um, it's beta, but, but like you, select people. Right. You I have think. to register before November 1st, which is in, which is two weeks from recording. Yeah. So, and it's, know, I don't think it's guaranteed. I think they randomly select from people who enter. So like you're not guaranteed to get it. So if you are interested, make sure you go do this though. Yeah. I, I think now that I'm reading it a little bit more, it seems like maybe it was like a network thing and that's why they're delaying it. They don't have, maybe they didn't have the bandwidth that they need and, for such a big game. And that would explain why they're doing a network test before launch. Right. I mean, it's cool that people are going to get to play it in a, a few weeks. But yes. at the same time, it's kind of, I don't know. Kind of a bummer. It's a little bit but of a bummer. It's not at least it's, it's not only super, a month. Yeah. If it was like three months, that would be like a serious hit. But honestly, the difference between like January twenty something and February twenty something is not that bad. So I don't know. Yes. We'll see in a couple months how the game turns out. It's very close either way. Yeah. So uh Final Fantasy fourteen is an online MMO that came out many years ago and then got relaunched a couple years after its initial launch. It has now surpassed 24 million players. It's 11 years after its initial launch. This game really surprises me every time I hear some new milestone because it's like, it was such a disaster and <laughs> then they brought it back from the dead and it was like pretty popular and then every expansion they release just increases its popularity and it hasn't staggered at all and it is also the most profitable final fantasy which isn't surprising because it's a persistent online game <laughs> so of course that makes sense but like 24 million people that's a lot of people playing this game yeah that is a lot and i and i i mirror your sentiments because i remember when final fantasy 14 first came out and it was just like panned because it was so bad it was yeah. such a bad launch. And also I think the idea of a Final Fantasy MMORPG was not appealing to a lot of Final Fantasy fans. A lot of fantasy fans to see. Fans to see. <laughs> um, so this was also surprising for it to be like um, so popular and such a, such a success now. But I feel like you only ever hear good things about it now and... I think what really helps is that it's free to play for a really long time. Like it's free to play until you get to level 60, I think. Yeah. So basically like the entire opening and then a ton of, if I understand like the the major first expansion is how yeah. much you can get through. And that's like, I think that's been a great boon to its success. It's just the accessibility of it. I feel like you using the word boon is a call forward to what's going to be talked about later. <laughs> you know, I didn't even think about that, but I've been using it. I like have sub subconsciously been using it a lot more lately. So I just that like when somebody uses a word and I'm like, that was unusual. And then I'm like, I wonder why they said that. And Kelly's game that she's played this week. I'm like, that is such a central word. I wonder if you meant to do that. <laughs> Did you, or is it just in your, no, brain? it was subconscious for sure. Well, that's pretty spooky. Yeah. It's a little bit creepy, a little bit spooky. Yeah. Much like the zombies in Resident Evil. <gasps> Terrifying. Um, so Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City, uh, released a trailer. It is a... It is certainly a trailer. <laughs> um, I was really waiting for what description you were going to use for this thing. No, it's... Uh, to me... 
Okay, so it's let me just explain what it is. It's a live action Resident Evil movie, pretty much covering the events of. I think it's supposed to be Resident Evil Two. I think it's one and two and two. three. I I think one is I don't know because like isn't Cause the mansion isn't in two, it? Maybe it's one, two, and three. I don't know. Yeah, maybe because it's Raccoon City. And that's where you are in the second and third games, but it's definitely two. Because there's a lot of like settings that are very iconic. I th- I'm pretty right. sure it's also. I think it's kind of like a vague, whatever. Yeah, they just felt kind like. of all around. Um, it's in theaters November 24th, so about a month from now. That's crazy. Recording, and it looks very to me. It looks very very camp. Yes. Um, which I don't think is a bad thing. I just don't know. Um. I don't. Oh, yeah, you're right. I, I'm watching the trailer now, and I do see the mansion now. The first time I watched it, I didn't process much as, like, I mean, everything's referential, but, like, none of it felt, like, it felt familiar, but not, like, the right way. <laughs> yeah, it feels like, I don't know. Are these characters supposed to be the characters that we know? Yeah. See, I just feel like it's not, it doesn't feel good. Like they should just do their own thing, you know, be their own characters. Yeah. Also some of the CG specifically. So if you happen to be watching this trailer and you go to the two minute and four second mark, I know that's remarkably specific. There's a monster that looks like, yeah, it doesn't, it looks like it belongs on a PlayStation 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's very unusual. Because, like, the practical effects look fine in this. They look like a pretty standard medium to high budget movie. But, like, the CG looks kind of like it might be awful. Yeah. And there's probably more of it in the movie than this trailer that's on. Yeah. Should we go see it and then do a review? Yeah. It's coming exclusively to theaters, which... Not to get like political or anything, but every time I see a trailer that's like coming only to theaters, I'm like, and like now things are different than they once were. But like when I see that, I'm usually like, all right, so you just don't care about your viewers' well being. Yeah. I think I just, it just throws me back to Tenet by Christopher Nolan. Oh, yeah. When like things were horrible in the world and he was like, and you couldn't even hear it because the sound mixing on that movie was abysmal. It just became a movie podcast where we complain about Christopher Nolan and COVID. <laughs> no, I agree with you. If I'm going to go see a movie right now, it really has to be worth it. Um, because <laughs> most of the time I can just watch it at home. I can go get that Peacock free trial and watch Halloween Kills. Oh, but that's my plan. Me too. Well, let's not reveal our secrets. Or review that movie. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I uh, I don't know. It, I don't know. I think it's okay for it to be camp because the original Resident Evil is camp. But I just don't know if the writing is going to be smart enough to pull that off. That's all I will say. Do we want to do we want to full commit to going to see this movie for the podcast? We can. I'm I'm going to be not in the desert, but I will not be I mean, we would have to see it like the night of, like the 24th. Because I am out of town and it's Thanksgiving, so. Oh, that's. Oh yeah. Wait, when is yeah. Thanksgiving? What day of the week is Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving is the 25th. Oh my word! I don't even know what is going on. Well, maybe we'll see it a week late. We'll see. Yeah, it. We'll we see. will see it for for you guys, <laughs> for the audience. We will see this probably really good movie. <laughs> I just wish it was streaming. That's all. Oh yeah. I would, even, I would like even pay for it, like five bucks, but. Or a free trial, but <laughs> um, I would not go to a movie. I mean, maybe well, we might. we'll see. If it's well, for the podcast, yes. If somebody was like, do you just want to go see this movie for no purpose other than seeing this movie? I would say, no, no. no I'm pass. good. I'm busy that day. But there's an actor in it who I really like. Who? Um, Not really as an actor. I just like to look at him. Oh. Um, what, what, he's in Victorious. Who, who is it? A- uh, Ava- Avon. Uh, Jogia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, is he playing like Carlos from uh, Resident Evil Three? 
I don't know. He has the hair for it. Because I don't... Who's Jill? I didn't see Jill in that. Or maybe that was Jill, but it looked like Claire. I don't know. I guess we'll find out when we see it in theaters. That's true. That's true. That's true. I'm almost tempted to look up nothing more and just go see this movie and just be confused and a little annoyed. Yeah. I think that's the good way to do it is to just be constantly confused and annoyed. Yeah. I mean, I'm constantly confused and annoyed in life. Um, yeah. Anyway. Just like uh, Harley Quinn. Oh. I don't know. I don't know her character very well. I don't know if that's actually even a little I don't bit think of. She. Well, in the original Suicide Squad, she was pretty confused. Like the comic or the, the, the Jared Leto film? The Jared Leto. <laughs> the, the Jared Leto film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. David Ayer, Ayer film. We're talking a lot about movies. Yeah, this I was just about to say, this is a little strange, but Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, the video game by Rocksteady, the creators of Batman Arkham, got a trailer and it reiterated its 2022 release date. We hadn't seen this since last year. They have the DC Fandom. It's a big event for DC stuff, if that's your cup of tea. But they showed a new trailer for this game. The first trailer that they released last year was like really vague and teasery and definitely like not in-game cinematics, so I didn't really care. Um, but this year, we got a new trailer, an extensive one. It still didn't show the gameplay, which I thought was very peculiar. But it was like in-game cinematics, which I thought was very positive because that makes it seem like, okay, this actually is what your game will look like. Uh, it is coming to PlayStation 5, Series X, and PC. I didn't know that this was a next-gen, I'm sorry, current-gen exclusive, and that was a huge positive for me. I think it looks pretty good. I'm always weary on superhero media, but like, Rocksteady makes really good games and I really like the Batman Arkham games and this is set in that same universe and made by the same studio so like I'm very curious to see the gameplay hopefully soon yeah I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the gameplay more than anything else I He's... hope it's like not some weird multiplayer stuff but I guess we'll know soon yeah I think they would maybe market it a little bit more if it was multiplayer like market it in that way yeah because they also have another Injustice, game on the way well like i'm thinking of injustice which is another dc game that was like heavily marketed as like a fighting like a multiplayer fighting game so i feel like they would do a similar thing because it's a similar i mean it, it, they're both dc but maybe i'm just grasping at straws because it is different studios so but that's i mean that's totally fair because this is very much pushing the story which would make me assume that the story is the main focus of this this game. Right. It's graphically very nice, though. It's like, it it looks like that Arkham style, the same style as, like, Arkham Knight. Yeah. And, and I do trust, Asylum. I do trust Rocksteady. I think it'll be cool to see whatever they make, even if it's not for me. Yeah, I want to see some, like, crazy stuff. Like what? Batman, Batman, Superman, Wonder um, Woman. I was thinking like, uh, do you know in the um, in Arkham? I think it's Arkham Asylum, like the Scarecrow segments where it's yes. like it's really weird and trippy. Absolutely. I think they should do some stuff like that, especially if you're fighting like. Uh, scarecrow uh, well i don't think he would because you're fight it's like the justice league right yeah i'm not so it seems like the justice league's like brainwashed is the whole plot right so maybe the oh, what's his name hold on superman batman john johns long johns Mar martian manhunter oh he can like change forms is he in the Justice League? He is. Yes. I and only his daughter know. <gasps> is in Young Justice, which was a show that I really enjoyed. But he, they can both like change appearances and change forms. Oh. So um, let's get him in. They here. could do something really like freaky and trippy with that. I feel like. Let's get him in. I only know he exists because his name is a little. Uh, it's a little goofy. <laughs> and he was in that really long 
Justice League movie. Yes. Which this I don't he's, know. There's so many in movies. The There's he's so many the movies we're bringing up today. I know. I didn't like the long Justice League, but I don't think I'm the audience for it. So. Yeah. That said. I also don't think you're the audience for FIFA. You're correct. <laughs> <laughs> am I correct or am I correct? Um, so we talked about this last week and maybe a few weeks ago as well, but um, the FIFA games are changing their name. EA is changing the name of the FIFA games because uh, each four-year cycle they'll have to pay a billion dollars to use the FIFA name just because of the deal that they made with, <laughs> you know. You said FIFA. it so casually that I thought, like, it sounded almost like a joke because you said a billion dollars. It's literally one billion, 250 yeah. million a year just yeah. to have the name on the box. Right. So that's why they're changing the name. Uh, Mystery solved. They <laughs> just don't want to pay that extremely huge amount of money i mean huge for us it's ea they definitely have a billion dollars but we'll see how that works out for them i that's the thing is i'm like yeah that's a lot of money and also i'm annoyed that like we established this mystery a week ago and then they (laughs) was like well why didn't you just say this from the from the get-go but right um a billion dollars might be worth it they might lose out on a billion dollars worth of sales of people not buying this game over the next four years unaware that it's like the same game yeah i agree i think it's really really hard with sports games to like reach out and do something different yeah um especially to the extent where your brand becomes unrecognizable because you can buy any old football game but none of them are madden you know what i mean you can buy any old basketball game but none of them are 2k so I think the same is true of so- or football or soccer, um, if you're like us Americans over here. Um, I think the same is true of that is it's not going to be recognizable to the people who are, and let's face it, a lot of like sports games players, and I'm not saying all of them, but a lot of them are more casual players, so they might not even know. Um, so I think it would be worth it to shell out that billion dollars, but... I don't work for EA, so nobody's asking for my opinion. No, not yet. Not yet. Bioware. Run me my check. Oh. Or, or I was going to say, maybe hire you first. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Thanks. I, it's, again, I'm a little bored that this mystery didn't grow more. Because <laughs> now it's just completely clear. Um, yeah, it's not fun. It's not like Nancy Drew stuff. No. Uh, But speaking of licensing fees, Nintendo unveiled details and pricing for the Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pass. For those who maybe didn't hear this news, Nintendo Switch Online is adding Nintendo 64 games as well as Sega Genesis games. And they said during the previous Direct that they would announce the pricing later, which it is now later, and they did. The one-person membership is $50 a year, as opposed to the standard Nintendo Switch Online, which is $20 a year. And the family plan is now $80 a year, as opposed to $35 a year. This also comes with a certain game DLC, which I will not say, because we'll be discussing that next. But it's quite a substantial price hike. I... I was very surprised. <laughs> I think everybody kind of expected a few dollars increase because it's not even... I wouldn't say it's doubling the value of Nintendo Switch Online. So I wouldn't expect them to more than double the price. And they're still doing, like, the drip feed of games that people are complaining about with this, the NES and SNES things, which it's hard to complain with those because it's $20 a year. But now if they're making it 50 a year, I don't know. And there are some unconfirmed but pretty strong suspicions that the reason it is expensive is that Nintendo shelled out a lot to let Sega, to use Sega games and put them on the platform. Which, personally, if that is true, I think was a poor decision. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. what, are your, what are your thoughts on this pricing? Uh, 
Yeah, it's just a bit steep. I feel like I I don't want to say it's unreasonable, but to me it just sort of is like it was surprising. Um I don't know. I, I don't feel good I don't feel good about it. Yeah, I think it's a little unreasonable cuz like that's very similar in price to PlayStation Plus, which I would argue gives a lot more value and a lot more stable of an online experience. That's true. Nintendo's online is not very consistent. No, and I don't think this price hike for the expansion pass will at all help with that. So Yeah. Uh, so that, that'll also be out on the twenty fifth of October or twenty sixth if you live in some other regions. I'm if you're on a family plan with eight people already and everybody wants it, then it's ten dollars each. I feel like ten dollars a year would be very reasonable for this. But at this point, it's really hard to tell people not to just emulate these games. It will run just as well, if not better. It will have every game that you want and not just a selection of like 10 games that might not even include what you want. It's just, I don't know. I was excited for this. I actually genuinely wanted to be a part of it and like play N64 games. And they showed them off a little more, and like the HD upscaling does look pretty nice. It looks pretty good for N64 upscaling, but not at that price point, you know? I'd have to yeah. get off my family plan because very logically, most of the people on it aren't interested. And they're like, nah, we're good. So I was like, well, I'd have to bail on my family plan and then pay 50 a year. And I'm like, that's excessive. Yeah, especially if you're not really like utilizing it very, like, I don't really use, I mean, I don't know. I don't use Nintendo Online that much, so it's kind of like, I don't know. Yeah, no, I hardly use it. I doubt I would use this N64 stuff much past, like, I would do a lot at launch, and then after that, I would probably, like, pull up Mario 60, Mario Kart 64 every so often just to be like, haha, it's fun. All right, let's play the more fun modern one. So, right, right. I don't know. This feels like a misfire, but we'll see how it goes when it comes out. In just right. a week or so. Yeah. Next Monday. So, another thing, very big thing, um, was the Animal Crossing Nintendo Direct, which we were all very excited about. Um, so, there were two, like, main points. Uh, there's a huge, like, free update. Um, and then there's paid DLC also coming. Um, so in the free update is Brewster and the Roost. We knew this already, but he's the little pigeon that makes coffee and, um, it's going to be in the museum. That's how it was in Wild World or City Folk or maybe both. It was at least in the basement in no. Wild World. I know that. Right. Right. Um, I can't remember City Folk what it was, but, and then he had his own little store in uh, New Leaf, which you had to, um, like pay for, but. Excuse me. So that'll be in the game. Um, Cap'n, or he he was like a little Kappa guy. He's been in, I think, every single game except for this one. Mm -hmm. um, he was in the original, well, in the North American first Animal Crossing game. Uh, he drove a little boat to the island that you would connect with your Game Boy. In Wild World, he drove the taxi to your... Uh, or maybe, no, he drove the bus. And then he's always been a... <laughs> he's always there. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm mixing up Wild World and New Leaf in my head because one of them, he's a bus driver and one of them, he's a taxi driver. Anyway, the point is, is that he's always transporting you somewhere. So in this game, he's back on his boat. Um, <laughs> they're going to do like island tours, like tropical island tours. I think they're going to be kind of similar to... Um, in like the vanilla game, you take the plane and you go to the island. And if you don't have villagers, there are village islanders there that you can like interact with and invite to live on your island. Um, but there's going to be like new plants and seasons and times of day there because they're they're you know you're going on the boat, which I guess means you're going farther. Yeah. Um. So, Harv is the little like hippie dog who owns the photography studio island. Um, there's also going to be, he's going to have like a new little space on his island where like reoccur recurring characters can come visit. Um, 
like Katrina, uh, Tortimer, Harriet <gasps> He's the not dead. Tortimer's not dead, folks. We all fought it. We all had our memorials. It's time to get rid of it. I think that's one of the coolest parts is that you can pay money, well, in-game money, to get the temporary shops, like a, a permanent location. That's really cool, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, Harriet, the dog, she's in City Folk. She's back. Snip, snip, heckers. She's in Wild World, too. She, uh, yeah, she gave me the haircut. Um, they're doing uh, group stretching in the plaza. Thank so if God. you play City Folk, it's really cute. Your islanders will go in the plaza. I think it's usually in the morning, and they'll kind of do like yoga together, like they'll stretch. And the game gave us poses, but it was kind of like hard to do it, you know. But now you can go stretch with them, and it's like an actual like mini game with motion controls. With motion control, with your Nintendo Switch Joy Cons, real stretching. So you can actually stretch. I need to stretch. I'm getting old. I need to stretch every morning. <laughs> That's something that I need to do. So, will you forget without Animal Crossing too? I might. I honestly might. So I'm gonna have to, you know, get back into it. Um, they are also introducing farming, which is really, really cool. Yeah. And cooking. That's like huge. Um, I kind of like had a feeling when they introduced the pumpkins that maybe this would be something in the future that they would do with other stuff. Um, so you can grow like tomatoes and potatoes and carrots and wheat. Wheat. And it looks like maybe leeks are on there too. I can't really see. But uh, you can cook dishes with them. Um, and it's all, it's already like, you know, the recipes in the game is pretty much just cooking. This is just uh -huh. literal cooking. Um, there's some new like decorations, new camera stuff. Uh, gyroids are back, which, you know, are the little guys that were like, bow, bow. They would like make one noise <laughs> and you could put them all together and they could like make a little song. Um, let's see. Villagers can visit your home, which was something that they did in New Leaf. Uh, there's some like little tweaks and things like that. More storage, new hairstyles, new reactions, uh, new items, new KK Slider songs. That's a big deal. Big deal. They're like downplaying this, but that's a big deal. Um, just lots of like little, uh, quality of life updates that are going to be really nice yeah. and new customization, which is going to be really nice. Um, and then the paid portion is the happy home DLC, which happy home paradise, or I think it was just happy home decorator was a game. It was like a separate game that you could buy for the 3ds a few years ago where you could just like decorate homes and stuff. Yeah. Um, so they're introducing that to new horizons, except instead of a separate game, it's just going to be a DLC. Um, so you can design homes and holiday homes for the characters. Um, you know, it's pretty self-explanatory. It's just a design game. Yeah. But it's ironic because, like, it's the way we're describing it, it sounds, like, less extensive than the free stuff. But it's, like, its own game. There's so many, yeah. like, intricacies. If you're at all interested in this, like, you need to go watch the trailer because there's just so much. There's just so much to do with designing right. other people's homes. Right, and I'm not quite doing it justice, but yeah, just watch the channel. It is really great, really like intense updates. Um, they're also launching um, amiibo cards, uh, 48 cards with a bunch of new characters. They're real. Some of them are really cute. <laughs> Wardell is really really cute. Kelly's Ooh. gonna get addicted to gotcha gotcha card boxes for animal crossing i i am i am going to anyway so it was just basically like a big tidal wave of animal crossing news i think that the free update is really really nice i'm very excited for that i don't know if i'm gonna get the paid dlc kind of depends we'll see what happens i don't like i'm not particularly like i need to decorate homes but well, i really like well, Wardell. There's a way to get that DLC other right. than the $25 price. Right. It's also included with the Nintendo Switch Online expansion pack. Yes. Which we just talked really nicely <laughs> and positively about. So I think uh, that's you know. that 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 is the, the weirdest but kind of coolest inclusion with that. But also yeah. like 
$25 is a lot cheaper than 50 if you don't use Nintendo Switch Online a bunch. Yeah. I guess for an extra five, I don't know. Because it's 20 for Switch Online, 25 for this DLC. If you just pay five more, then you have the expansion pack. But yeah. what do I know? Yeah. And 25, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Because I think what's going to happen is I'd like to like test the waters and see how like really into Animal Crossing I can get again. Yep. And then if it's like flash in the pan that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get the DLC but if I find myself like consistently playing every day like I did in March 2020 then I will probably buy the DLC so that was my thing is after they announced this I was like I want to play Animal Crossing that's what I'm inspired to do and I pulled out my Animal Crossing and I walked around picking my weeds and then I just walked around my town and I was like oh I quit because I was like in love with my town and I thought it was perfect and didn't want to do anything anymore <laughs> I was like, so this DLC might not be for me. Yeah. So I, Who knows? I might get, ironically, I don't care about the free stuff because I'm like, I'm done with my town for the most part, but the mm -hmm. paid DLC might be what brings me in. And I was also disappointed with the Brewster stuff because it's like, you just walk in and have coffee and I'm like, I want like a coffee making mini game. Yeah. But I know that would be fun because you used to be able to like work with Brewster and like make coffee for people and you had to get the order right and. Pressure was um, on. The pressure was on. But who knows? Maybe they'll, you know, bring it back. Who knows? Did you um, play anything this week that maybe put the pressure on you, Kelly? <laughs> I did. So I, um, well, quite some time ago, I bought Hades for the Switch. And I didn't, I picked it up for maybe like 20 minutes and then I put it down. But on my long journeys through the desert, I brought my Switch with me. Because it's portable. Um, I don't know if you guys know that. <laughs> and I picked Hades back up because I was like, I need something that's just going to be like mindless. I'm not going to like, you know, I'm just going to do it and take my mind off of the, the traveling. Um, so I played Hades again. I put, I put a few hours into it. Um, and I, I'm not going to lie. I was struggling a little bit. Um, I'm not really, I don't, really play roguelikes and I'm not really into super challenging games <laughs> which is funny I did turn god mode on which I just which I forgot about until I started talking about it and now I feel bad <laughs> because I'm like it was so hard <laughs> when that's like the easy mode but anyway um it got to a point though where I like I had a really good run and I was like having fun and like strategizing. And I was like, oh, and it like clicked for me. I was like, oh, this game is really fun. Like I'm having a really good time. And I didn't even realize it because I was so like, I don't know. Um, I also learned that I care more about like the characters in the story more than I thought I would because I was like, I'm not going to get too attached because it's kind of like whatever, you know, you die, you come back, you die, you come back. But I really like the characters and I think it's a testament to how well they're designed. I really like Dusa. She's really, really cute. Um, she's just a little like head. Um, <laughs> you know, like Medusa. She's got the little snake hair and but she's very like, she's very nervous which I'm like, me too. Um, I really like Megara. She's like amazing. Um, I really like the main character. Do you? Uh, Zagreus. Uh, yeah, uh, he's very handsome. <laughs> <laughs> in our show, in our notes, I wrote down wolf, wolf, bark, wolf, because that's how I feel when I see him. Um, he's very beautiful. They're all really beautiful. The characters in that game are designed specifically to make your heart flutter, I feel. <laughs> um, I also felt like it was really, really rewarding which might be the case for like all roguelikes because you get to a point where you like do something that you hadn't done the last time and you're like oh I did that because I'm getting better so um Megara or Meg she's like the first boss of the game I don't know if she's like a mini boss or a boss I don't know what you would call her um she's like the first boss and I died to her like three times and I was like okay like I'm not doing something right I need to like pay more attention so I 
became like super familiar with her moveset and like just how she fought in general and like really started to pay attention more. And I was able to like counter it and beat her. And that felt very rewarding to me because that was something that I like had to like really train myself to do instead of just like mindlessly like press like mashing the X button or the Y button. I like had to genuinely think about it and be like, okay, she's doing this. So now I need to do this. She's doing this. So now I need to do this. So I really liked the challenge aspect. (laughs) I know I just said I played on God (laughs) mode. So it wasn't really that challenging. Um, And I also had death defy with defiance, which is like you die once you can come back with like half health. Um, So I really had a lot working in my favor, but I still felt like I was, I was, it was a tough challenge and I really enjoyed it and I'm looking forward to playing it more. And I know I'm really late to the train because everybody and their grandmother has played Hades, but I don't care. <laughs> I have not played this recently, but can I toss in my two my two thoughts I had while you were speaking? Much less than your thoughts, but two thoughts I had. Yes. Because my favorite part about this game is the fact that when you lose, it's not a punishment because the story is so good that you're like, all right, dang, I lost my run. But also like, I want to see what dad has to say to me. You know, I want to see what Hades got to say. I want to see what all the characters are doing. I want to pet Cerberus. I want to pet Cerberus. And you get like some money in the game that carries over between runs. And it's like, yes, I got enough to buy this other thing that I wanted. Oh, well, I lost, but at least I have enough money now. Um, And the other thing, this is just a little tip for anybody starting this game is to go into the settings, go to controls, and remap the dash button to the right bumper or right trigger. It makes dodging and attacking at the same time, and like when you have to like dodge and then quickly attack, it just makes it substantially easier and a lot more intuitive. So I recommend that to everybody who's playing this game, is to remap your dodge to the right bumper. That's smart. I didn't think about that. Yeah, well, it felt wrong because there's a lot of this that feels very similar to games like Devil May Cry and Bayonetta in its combat. And all of those games have dodges on triggers because it makes sense for them to be there. And this game did not. And I was like, can I, like, force you to change your mind? (laughs) And it said yes. Also, I think God mode is a really good inclusion because, like, it's not it's not easy mode specifically. It's like adaptive mode. Because it learns what specifically is too challenging for players. So, like, if you die to projectiles in every single run, it, like, makes it a little easier for you to dodge those things. Or, like, they do less damage. Which I think (laughs) is a really nice way to do it. I agree. Because it's not patronizing. It's just, like, helpful in ways that... In little ways. Right. And I don't... You know, I'm not trying to, um, like, insult anybody when I say that. Because I think everybody should always be able to play video games however they want, whenever they want. And I think more accessibility is always a good thing. Um, I'm just saying for me personally, I, <laughs> I'm i like laughing at myself because <laughs> I feel like I was like really hyping myself up. and like, oh my God, I'm doing so good. And then I looked in the settings and I was like, oh, um, that's why <laughs> I... I'm doing good, <laughs> but I'm still, I'm still proud of myself. I won't lie. I'm, proud, I'm proud of you too. Thank you. That's see, that's all I need. I'm look forward to, looking forward to hearing you talk <laughs> about this even more as you play it and beat it and beat it again and again and again and again. Me too. I'm also looking forward to that. I'm also forward. I'm also look forwarding to that. Good sentence. Thank you. I work really hard on saying words. Good. Yeah, that's why we have a podcast. Exactly. So, Andrew, what have you played this week? So, I played a couple things. I have a big review, but first, just a quick little diversion. I played Sora in Super Smash Brothers. We talked a lot about this last week, but he finally came out, and I played a bunch of him. And, wow, he is Sora. Just through and through feels like actual Kingdom Hearts Sora and it made me very happy and it was very fun playing on a Kingdom Hearts stage and having Kingdom Hearts music while I played as Sora he can fly just like straight up he's one of the most mobile characters in the game 
and I really, really like that. It feels like fair. It's not like it's ridiculous. At the same time, if he's in like the bottom left corner of the screen where everybody else would probably die except characters with wings, Sora also can survive easily, I might add. Wow. So I'm a big fan of him. Um, really not a lot to talk about. I, I recommend if you like Smash or if you like Kingdom Hearts looking into this. Uh, but the game that I played this week, as teased last week, was Metroid Dread. I completed this game for the podcast so I could get this review. I was super happy with this game. The gameplay was very fluid. Samus feels super incredible to control. They did a great job job of making her feel fast, but also like you have complete control over everything that she's doing. The world design is some of the best that I've seen in any Metroidvania. Um, and it's also in incredibly impressive because I never got lost. The corridors are very intricate. There's a lot of different paths. It's a very large world and I only found myself like walking in circles like two times in my whole run and it wasn't even frustrating it was just me exploring more than anything uh they drip feed powers to you just like most of these games do but it's the perfect pace where like right as you're starting to be like all right I need something new so I can explore this new segment they give you something um difficulty is present it keeps you on your toes but it's not frustrating uh, the controls are so good that even if bad things happen to you, it kind of feels like it's your fault and that you're able to approach it in a better way next time. Um, and also checkpoints are super generous, so it never feels like you lose a ton of progress after a death. Um, there's one segment, which I will not spoil, but there is a boss in this game that completely undoes everything I just said. Supremely difficult. Took me... <laughs> literally two hours of just trying and trying and trying and trying oh my god um it was incredibly difficult i theoretically could have stepped away and gone and got a bunch of like energy tanks and missiles to make it easier but honestly it probably wouldn't have been much easier and also i was kind of like determined to finish it as it was uh to go back to your comment about hades the accessibility isn't perfect in this because of things like that uh, if you have amiibos, you can refresh your health. So, like, if you're struggling on the boss, you could pause halfway through and refresh your health. But that's not really... I don't think that's fair because you shouldn't have to purchase things to make a game more accessible. And also the Metroid amiibos, which are very nice. I got the ones for this game. Um, they're impossible to get. <laughs> so, mm. it's not really fair. Uh, I was very happy with the visuals as well. They're not like the highest fidelity but every decision they made was very deliberate and stylistic uh, and I think the way that they approach the visuals will make this game last a lot longer like you'll be able to play this way down the line and they'll still look great um, the backgrounds are super complicated and interesting and I really liked everything that it did to establish uh, world building and like the mood of different things especially early in the game as I was walking through the corridors and just like trying to understand the world I was on. I really like ZDR, which is the planet where this takes place. It feels like a legitimate place. And as you go to like different segments that all have like kind of different environments, it still feels natural. Like there's a lava segment, but it feels like a mine and it makes sense. And then you take a big elevator and then you're in like an underground forest, which are two very different settings. But the way that it's designed, it feels very natural. Like, oh, yeah, this makes sense for this to be above. Because, you know, the way it was designed and the way they talked about it, it really feels natural. And I liked it a lot. Um, the story is pretty minimalist. There's not a lot going on. Uh, but it's very intriguing. And it's exciting when you finally get to some story that's more forefront. So when a cutscene kicks in and it's a legitimate cutscene with story content, it feels earned and like you've been working towards this thing. And it's very exciting. There's only a couple like major story events that happen, but they're so cool. And if you're like a longtime series fan, they're pretty rewarding lore wise. I don't think you have to play other games to enjoy this one. They do a pretty good job of recapping at the beginning so that you understand what's happening. But also the lore implications are really cool if you have an understanding. So if you're going to hop in on this game and you want to, I'd recommend going and watching like a 20 or 30 minute series recap recap so that you can enjoy it more fully. 
I really like Samus's character in this one. She's really wonderfully realized. I feel like her emotions and her fear are portrayed in just the right ways. And the quiet emotional moments that happen in the story, because you can't generally see her face, they kind of allow you to project what you're feeling onto her. Because her not having her face visible doesn't mean she's like feeling nothing. It means that you can't see her face. It means that you can imagine what she's feeling in that suit. And I really like the approach they took. Um, and honestly, this is one of the best, most cohesive settings of any Metroidvania I've ever played. You know, it's just one of the best Metroidvanias I've ever played, which feels goofy to say because it's a Metroid game. It is the namesake of the genre. But uh, this is my favorite Metroid game. Again, not saying that much because the way this this is built, it just gets better as long as you have intelligent design. The series will just keep improving. But I've played a lot of other Metroidvanias that aren't in this series, you know, especially in the past like couple years. I've played a lot of games that I really like that use a lot from the history of Metroid and the history of Castlevania. And I feel like this game rises above those things. And I'm really, I am impressed with the work that Mercury Steam did on this. And like, they had that Nintendo polish. And I'm really happy and I'm glad this game is doing well because I want more and I want this series to, to grow and become even bigger than it is because it doesn't get the love it deserves from Nintendo. I played this game about nine hours. I finished the story. I got about half of what can be obtained in the game because there's collectibles and stuff. Um... And I felt satisfied with that. I didn't want to go back and explore more than I had because I was very happy every time I found something, but I didn't want to explore just for the sake of like making Samus stronger after I already finished the game. So I was very pleasantly surprised by this game. I knew I'd like it to some extent because it's Metroid, it's a Metroidvania, all the stuff, but still I didn't expect to leave so satisfied. That's good. I'm happy for you. Thank you. I'm happy. You had a good time. I'm excited for the future of the series. I'm glad. I'm excited by what this is setting up. Not even story-wise. Just like this game is selling very well. It in the UK. This is a remarkably specific statistic. But in the UK it sold better than Far Cry 6. Which also came out in the past week. Mm. And that shocked me <laughs> to hear. Yeah. But I was super happy to hear that because I'm like, I want this game to succeed so Nintendo knows that it is a, a series worth putting time and money into. Right. I think they're marketing it really well, so I'm not really super worried, but I'm still excited every time I hear something positive. And just the fact that I played this game and it it's October, so I don't want to say anything. I'm not going to make any definitive statements, but as it stands, it feels like my game of the year. Ooh. Same thing I said with Deathloop, though. That's not saying too much because this year's been eh, at best. Yeah, but still, I think that says a lot. Yeah, because after my Deathloop review, it was this is maybe my game of the year because this year is unimpressive. Metroid is this is maybe my game of the year because this game is exceptional. Right. It's not because Period. of other things. It's because of its own merit. Right. I really hope it doesn't get shafted at game of the year awards because it's like not a traditional game of the year looking game you know yeah because i feel like a yeah. lot of those shows will be like oh here's the one uh, side scroller but we're gonna make sure it's an indie so that we like look like we're accepting yeah. to every kind of game but this is yeah this is nintendo so it's hard to say right that's what i was gonna say i think nintendo gives it a lot of power i also think that Hades was nominated for Game of the Year last year, and that was also a little bit low-key. Yeah. I mean, Hades is my Game of the Year this year, but that's because I played it this year, not because it came out this year. <laughs> so right. I have to remember that because I'm right. constantly like, yeah, Hades is Game of the Year. And I'm like, oh, last year's Game of the Year. Oops. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Oops. I didn't mean to. I forgot. I'm so sorry, audience. Well, I guess I, I said it making fun of myself for saying it. I don't know, Kelly. We're almost done with October. We're almost done with hey. this year, basically. 
I know. We'll have a Game of the Year episode in like no time at all. I know. What's your Game I'm of the excited. Year? excited. Pick it now. I don't, I can't pick yet. I'm going to wait. No, I need to know now. It's October. It's too close. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Nope. <sighs> you got to wait. Sorry. I like the idea that our Game of the Year award episode is whatever show is after Game Awards. And then we just like trash on the Game Awards in all of our picks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see. We're just like, this is why Game Awards was wrong. So. Right. That was another week, Kelly. We did it. All right. Our our show can drink now. Aw, happy birthday. 21. All right, everybody. Looking forward to next week. I hope you have a good a good uh a good Thursday and a good and a good Saturday. And you know, a good Sunday. Maybe even a good Friday. Well, I avoided that one cuz it sounds goofy cuz it's a holiday, right? Oh. Yeah, but you could still have a good Friday. Yeah. Now I do hope you have that. Me too. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs> Bye.